Hello and welcome to Waiting for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. I am your host, Gimme That Wheat. And uh, boy, what an episode of content do we have for you guys today. Just got back from a little bit of a, a trip. Uh, some of you guys might know that I introduced myself as a tournament seeder. I introduced myself as a top 100 organizer, I think is the word I use. And uh, recently I've been thrown in the Smash World Tour staff member. And uh, no week has that been more apparent than this week. I just got back from a fun little jaunt in Laurel, Maryland, where we got to uh, see the first North American Melee event for the Smash World Tour. You know, we got to see some uh, Central American events recently, and, you know, of course, Ultimate's been running their stuff, but in terms of North American Melee events, we had our first taste of it this past weekend. And uh, with me today as my co-host, a native, a recent native of the Maryland area, uh, Ambi Sinister. What is up, Ambi? What's up? I would like to briefly point out that uh we spent the whole time in laurel maryland he was like literally four minutes from my house and he did not come to see me so but you know who i did see i did see uh someone who you might know if you you knew him way back you might know him from chicagoland melee you might know him from irvine you might know him from getting third place at the smash world tour North America West Regional Finals Melee 2021. It's Captain Face Roll. What is going on, Face Roll? Hello. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Of course. I'm excited to get to talk uh, about your run. Get you know excited to talk about what we saw from Europe and of course what we're gonna see this upcoming week. We have a lot of good melee to talk about. This is probably I I would you know if I'm so bold. I think this is the most, like, content-filled week of Melee uh, in terms of, like, actual Melee being played since Summit. Yeah, it feels like it, for sure. Very so cool. I got to ask, roll. how was your experience in uh, Zadu Games at Laurel Park in Laurel, Maryland? It was good. Uh, I feel like I'm missing something, because I didn't know that we were four minutes away from Amy's house either, so I feel like you could have stopped by. It was, it, was, you know, it was deliberately withheld hi. information, I think. That's Yeah, that makes sense. Don't want uh, any hooligans showing up demanding certain things. I don't um, know. The second I tell face roll, then Albert wants to go, and suddenly you got... Fiction you wants got, to go uh, kayaking with me. Fiction's trying to get you to go kayaking. It's I true. Just, he, would, he would try and recruit you to drive them one hundo P, for sure. Yeah, that's a good through line of the entire weekend. You know, very, very um, fun weekend, a lot of work, very busy. Uh, and a position I kept finding myself in was being the person who either was trying to find someone to kayak with fiction or getting updates on the information. Uh, a lot of people who I was running into Sunday were briefing me on, on where we were on the whole Fiction and Albert going kayaking scenario. Like a, It's like a B-plot in a sitcom or something. The tournament's like the main story, but there's like, you know, a side quest going on. Yeah, I mean, for Fiction, this was uh, more of a, an A-plot. I, I can guarantee you that he cared more about going kayaking than he did placing fourth uh, at this pretty sacked event. But, uh, you know, the, the good news is that he did end up going kayaking. Albert did end up going kayaking. So uh, mm -hmm. I think it all worked out. This is a, a successful weekend for Melee 
if only because of that. Uh, but let's talk about your successful weekend because I would uh, I would venture that you also had a successful weekend this past weekend. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, say so. Probably on most uh, measurable accounts. It started off a little rough, travel-wise, but uh, you know, I'm no stranger to that. If you're familiar with my other uh, escapades, I think it's actually kind of a good omen now. So, uh, if I don't know if you guys play well at the event. Yeah, I don't know if you guys want to go into the whole story, but oh, I yeah, that. I think I think it's a fun story for me yeah. who did not have to. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I'm pretty pretty laid back, so uh, you know, could have been worse. But um, basically, I was supposed to fly out Friday, like from beautiful Orange County, California, John Wayne Airport, like 11 a.m. or something, and then have a layover, and then eventually land in Baltimore at like 11 p.m. local time. But what ended up happening is I went to John Wayne um, and we, you know, the plane's there and we're doing all the normal stuff and we're boarding. So we literally, you know, we like put the stuff in the overhead tray, put our personal item under the bag, whatever. And we like, we're buckled in. We're about ready to take off. And the, the pilot's like, mm, seems there's a dent in our door. Uh, I don't know if we can fly this thing. Hold on, guys. So we wait like 20 minutes. We're all in the plane, strapped already, ready to go. And then he comes back and he's like, yeah, no, we can't fly. Sorry, guys. So we have to get off the plane. It's already been 20 plus minutes since we, like, boarded, technically. Uh, and then the plane uh, is just delayed four hours. And Jesus. the thing about four hours of time is that my layover was not four hours long. So it was delayed so long that I would have I had to miss my connecting flight in Chicago. And so they sent everyone on the plane to customer service american airlines and it's not a small plane it's like a big one i don't know anything about planes but there's like you know good hundred people on there whatever um and it's just an insane line and like some people are calling their customer service some people went like to gate agent some people went to like the customer service like where you like checking the bags at the front it's a whole mess i call them and they're like yeah like there's just that was the latest flight out of chicago so the next flight to baltimore is just tomorrow morning at 9 a.m I'm just like, oh my god, that's awful. Okay, and that's it. There's nothing you can do. I mean, obviously they like moved me for free, you know, on that flight. I didn't have to buy another one, but like, there's just there's just nothing you could do. So, uh, ended up taking a plane four hours later than it was supposed to be, landing in Chicago, and then conveniently, I'm from Chicago. I have family there, so I had to call. I had to call my mom and be like, hey. Can you pick me up from the airport like <laughs> 9 p.m. today for fun? It's <laughs> Thankfully, they were available, you know. Um, they were in town. So I ended up sleeping in like my childhood home that night and then taking a flight in the morning to Baltimore, like Saturday morning that day of the of pools. And that flight also got canceled. So I actually ended up taking another flight that was even later than that one in the morning. Thankfully, Using the power of proper player management, my pools got uh, rearranged timing-wise. But yeah, your your three p.m. pool got moved, uh, and I will say, people, some people weren't happy about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but hey, you arrived at the venue at like three p.m., so uh, I will say that that was that was a dub for uh, for old dub heat. Yeah. No, it was. I mean, I definitely wouldn't have made it on time. On time, if it was the. Uh, 
original thing. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. For some reason, me and flights, like when I flew to FET in uh, England, I don't know if you know the story, but I like passed out on the plane. Jesus, really? Uh, like, uh, yeah. I was just like, that's a that's a whole nother story. But basically, yeah, I was just like. Anything, or did they just think that you fell asleep? No, I, well, it's a bit more dramatic than that. I like was attempting to, uh, it's like an international flight. So they have like, you know, the like monitor in like the front or mm. I guess the back of the seat in front of you. Um, so they have all this like special stuff. And so I'm like, my like face gets hot and like my vision starts to blur. And I'm like trying to like use the like tablet in front of me to like call for the uh, stewardess flight attendant. And I just like am physically incapable of pressing the button. So I like turn to the couple next to me and I'm like, hey, can you get someone? And as I'm saying that, I just puke oh. slightly on this guy's shoe, sadly, but mostly in the aisle. And then I just pass out. And I come to and I'm like on my side in my aisle and there's a, you know, very nice British flight attendant uh, taking care of me, asking me what's going on if I'm like sick or, uh, you know, if I need medication or anything. Uh, so that's the whole thing. For that tournament, and I ended up winning that one. So, yeah. No, th uh, this seems like, um, <laughs> yeah, like uh, we should infiltrate the the. Uh, oh boy, I gotta word this very carefully. Uh, I'm not gonna say infiltrate the airport. We should, um, we should <laughs> have one of us work in the the air uh, field, and and just like make sure that any tournament you go to, we like. You know, any anything with something on the line, we fuck it up. Right. So if it's if it's Genesis, which I assume that you don't take a flight to, um, but maybe I might. Okay, maybe you do. Maybe you do. It's like an eight-hour drive, I'm down to fly. Oh, cool. So, okay, perfect. This this sets us up. So maybe you go, and maybe they go the wrong way. So instead of going up, they go down, and they and have to go Mexico? around. <laughs> they have to go around the Earth. Um, oh, jeez. You're probably guaranteed like a top eight placing. If that would be I think so. Way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm literally on a list for Virgin Airlines, like, on God. Because when I tried to fly back from England, and I, like, checked <laughs> in, they, like, looked at my, like, file, and they were like, are you good? Like, do you, like, I saw that you got sick on the plane. Like, you, do you need something? Or, like, you know, you're not going to bring deadly illnesses back to the <laughs> States, are you? Yeah, so. This one is, you know, <laughs> not too... about that. I, you know, I don't know. They're, they're very nice, though. Um. All things considered. And I won, so I ended up, you know. If I could go back in time and change something, I would not. So that's the moral of that story. Careful what you say on this podcast, Griffin. Melee yeah. Sats has not been known to be a very pro-British uh, conglomerate. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I, you know, I've had my experiences, you know. The world has had theirs. I Well, I'm glad that it all worked out for you at FET. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to say that it all worked out for you here. You know, it was, it was very exciting getting to see you... Um, arrive finally uh you didn't listen to my crack brain scheme i was like i was really wheeling a deal and i was uh i had like 10 different chrome tab opens and i was like okay griffin here's the plan he was <laughs> to your flight immediately you're gonna get entire refund if you don't i will call i will get your refund you're gonna have you drive down to lax <laughs> it was a it was a whole big thing but uh we didn't have to do that you know you were able to kind of just do it as you uh, as you did got to spend some time in chicago got some mm -hmm. portillos and uh oh yeah got yourself a nice little third place god bless yeah you were trying to you're trying to pull like a heist from a movie but no I, we took it I we took it nice and slow bit. yeah 
I'm sorry that your your dreams didn't come to fruition, but I don't know about dreams so much as nightmares. So I was not at this event, but I definitely did get a little bit of secondhand anxiety from from we in the discords during this whole this whole event. Yeah, like once 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 he got to the end of the event, he was like, "This is great. I feel great. I feel very competent and good. This is great." The entire Mm. time leading up to that moment, he was like. I fucking hate this. I'm. This is awful. I feel horrible. I don't know what to do. This is insane. Okay, all yep. right. Hey, you know we're all human. I said that for like thirty minutes. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. Straight minutes. <laughs> you. Uh, well, you know. You know. You didn't get the secondhand chill. I was chilling for a lot of it. You didn't get the secondhand chill. You just no, got I the secondhand, get secondhand stress. Chill. I'm not known to be a very secondhand <laughs> chill kind of guy, unfortunately. <laughs> uh no no it is uh i mean without getting into any of it I, I think that any event kind of has its woes in the in the very beginning but uh you know if, if you were to watch the event you could see that it ended up going pretty smoothly and i was yeah i mean I, I was very happy with how everything ended up working out in regards with like uh everyone kind of knew when they're supposed to go on everyone had a had like a pretty decent idea of when they should leave the venue and when they shouldn't or like if they were to tell me anything uh and and uh i i did um what's it called what's that thing called uh it's like a starcraft thing right where you like immediately go on to see your haters you immediately go on twitter um i did that and uh starcraft yeah i think it it might just be like fiending or something it might be just something that's like very normal um slime mentioned it on a melee sets deep dive episode uh oh but yeah, I did that. I did that like Monday morning, uh, and did not see any salty tweets. Of course, Bobby Big Balls just—I think has been banned from Twitter. So uh, <laughs> take that as you will. I think that's like a did not participate. Like that doesn't count. Oh right, <laughs> it right, count right. A, It's like when you skip a question on the SATs. It doesn't count against you, but but it doesn't count for you. Right. Um, so yeah, no, I was I was very happy with how it all worked out, and uh, very happy to see uh, old face roll over here mm-hmm. in uh, third place. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the yeah, event, tell me how that happened. <laughs> the event overall was uh, definitely good, so hats off to you and, you know, the rest of the VGBC squad for that. Um, Tour. They are two separate companies. Sorry, yeah. Smash World Tour. Um, uh, never confuse the two? Yes, no, me neither, starting now. I think it's impossible to do so. I don't see how anyone would. <laughs> um but yeah i mean the bracket was uh it was good i don't know um apparently not entering stuff means that i'm worse than all these people so that was funny to look at the bracket and be like really (laughs) but uh you know is what it is i did uh some very strong practicing on uh unranked and uh that's really it's really what gets you there um prior to SCL, uh, I did some unranked practice and I, you know, really got in the groove for this event by doing the same thing. Um, ran into like fiction like two nights in a row on unranked, ran into Geo, null two nights in a row. Apparently, I played like Albert on there. So, unranked actually has some demons, believe it or not. I feel like you uh, always not... say this whenever you do well at a tournament. I remember after SCL, you were like, Yeah, I went on unranked and I just played Suezo, who I ran into. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's all you need sometimes. Well, Suezo is actually, I had to play Spark for that, so it actually, playing a Sheik in particular is pretty lucky, because you actually, Sheik is a character that just, like, doesn't really exist. Um, I, they're just, like, very uncommon. 
I think, on uh, Unranked, at least in my experience. And when they when you do find them, you grab them one time, they and leave. then you grab them a second time consecutively, <laughs> and then they're they're gone. But uh, Swazo did not. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. Going into the event, uh, I was in the powerful purgatory of like kind of accepting that I didn't really have that high of expectations. You know, either way, like I knew that really I only had to win like two sets, kind of. Um, to qualify, but I also knew that, like, being realistic, like, I haven't really been entering stuff, I haven't really been, like, practicing, practicing, so, like, you know, I think it's good to be realistic with yourself, and so the worst thing you can do is go to an event and then be like, wow, I didn't do well, but, like, not realize that it's, like, your fault, you know what I mean? It'd be a little silly to, like, get 13th and be, and then not realize that it's because i didn't really practice like properly you know um so i think because i had like realistic expectations my uh, mentality was in a pretty good spot um and basically what happened is day one playing pools against like meds and billy um and i was just like wow these guys are playing so bad um thankfully so i can just like win i don't know you ever play someone and they just like don't jump out of shine and you're just like thank god like that's good for me. That's really good for me. So, uh, you know, it, it would have been a very different event if they could jump out of shine in pools. Um, and then I lost and then mentality would have been in a different spot. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think like, um, skill in melee. Well, I don't want to get uh, too results based thinking, you know, hindsight bias, etc. But, uh, I think a lot of times, you don't really like get worse you just get rusty and so if you spend the time to like play like de-rust a little bit um you're probably you're not going to be in like peak condition from where you were before but you're not going to be like a lot worse um so yeah i think yeah i think my people whenever whenever a player comes back like we saw kjh come back this weekend he yep to a yeah. meet six and yep. he, he was looking good like he he missed some stuff you know he definitely looked rusty but you, yeah, no, I was actually I was the event. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna... I taking two sets off ginger. That's not not too shabby for for someone just coming back after like a year break. Right. Yeah, I was I was actually gonna bring bring that exact same thing up. Yeah. So it's like, um, I don't know. It, there's just a lot of things. I think another thing is that skill gaps in melee are like bigger than what people want them to be. Um, I don't know. Like, I think like Plub, for example, is like a lot better than me so like even if i get to the point where i can like beat him that doesn't really mean that i'm like better than him or even close you know what i mean so it's like it's just hard to like wrap your head around that so like you know santi cannot even own a setup for like five years and he's just like still getting better anyway you know um so that was fun to be on the other end because when i went to uci as a student and <laughs> santi would just come in and beat me and squid and connor back to back and just not even own a setup and then leave and tweet about some questionable things. So I'd just be like, God, I hate this guy. Uh, you know, but such is life. Um, but yeah, well, so I, basically. I've got a question. If you yeah, don't go for it. Yeah, um, go for it. Go for it. You know, you're talking a lot about player skill and how you view particular, like, you know, how skill relates to results and all that. I heard. With my little uh, eavesdropping ears this weekend, mm -hmm. I heard you had a conversation with Android Zero that was kind of a lot like this, right? It was a lot about like how to define your own skill and like whether or not 
Um, I, I think wasn't there something about like you are always going to be like the best you've always been or something like that? Or am I making that up? Uh, no, you're on the you're on a similar track. There was a he's referencing an interview I did at Last Stock 100, which is uh, the hundredth iteration of a San Diego local, um, where I won that and then had a winner's interview with Chroma, I think. Um, but basically, it's just sort of like reframing your sense of time, I guess. Thinking about the the current as a... Uh... No, no, no. How do I phrase this properly? Basically, thinking about yourself in the present as uh, a data point in the past. So, basically, uh, you know... If your goal is to be really good at this game, then uh, it doesn't really matter what you're doing right now, as long as you're like on the path towards getting better. Um, so, you know, the idea being like, you know, you might have a bad tournament or whatever, but like it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, you think about, I don't know, some random person who did poorly at like Apex 2015, and now they're good. It just like doesn't matter at all. I don't know. Like, you have these like, there's a there was a SoCal Arcadian that I won. That was a weird time. But there was like two SoCal Arcadians back to back. And one of them had a rule that you couldn't enter at all if you had ever been SoCal ranked. Um, and that's the one that I won um, over like East Coast Jeff and Luigi Kid and stuff. Um, but there was another one that I got second at, which was you couldn't enter if you were ranked like 2009 or more recent. So I lost his Psycho Midget because he was ranked in like 2008. <laughs> and that was like the cutoff. Um, and that was kind of a heartbreaker. Um, but, well, for Do me, I remember obviously. a Roy Fox game in that set? Or is that a different uh, That is a different tournament. That's a different one. We don't need to talk about. But <laughs> I, um, It is good that uh, Abby was thinking about that because I was trying to find a. So we have some questions for you at the end of the show. Um, and that was probably going to be something that I was going to shoehorn in. So good to, to, good to see someone that Someone has to do it. I'm glad you got it out of the way. Right. Um, but yeah, so you can like, you know, obviously in the moment, losing that tournament was like, felt really bad. Um, but it's like, it really doesn't like matter. Like losing that literally has no effect at all on my current skill or my current results or anything like that. And you can, you can kind of transpose that to like any of your favorite players, like, I don't know. Does it matter that Zane was losing to like whoever when he was like starting and now he's like arguably the best player in the world? Like has no bearing on it. So it's just that's just important to keep in mind for like your current self whenever you're going to a tournament or really doing anything. It doesn't have to be melee related, but like if you do poorly or whatever, it's like one small data point on a very large graph. So if you can like imagine zooming out, it's like pretty unnoticeable. Um so if you can just like kind of separate yourself from that um and realize that like your future self is more important then you can overcome current mentality issues hopefully that's that's just what we were talking about i don't know like you know android zero well he had like a broken controller or something but he didn't do as well as he would like obviously he didn't qualify so just very very positive person that. he uh he came up to me and he was like yeah, dude, so I can't pivot on my controller. I just found out. That kind of stinks. I wish I knew it. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. I couldn't dash out a laser, so I had to, like, think about how to not dash out. Like, he's, like, coming up to me. He's just, like, smiling, talking about it. Well, I mean, presumably. He's wearing a mask. 
Brett. Uh, but but like very like a jolly demeanor. Uh, and uh, you know the whole entire time talking to me, saying about how he got thirteenth because he was playing with the controller that broke. Um, which then uh, I believe the story was that S he told Sfat the same thing, uh, and Sfat pulls out like a tri tri wing, and he's just like, okay, let's fix it. Uh, and he had this like little box of all these parts, so they yep. up getting fixed. So the so fortunately there there's a good ending to the uh, to the Android Zero uh, controller debacle. But uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's a uh, very very talking about mentality. Talking about him, he he had a very positive mentality throughout the entire event. Uh, he did at the end of it. Um, at a, I was in his hotel room at 4 a.m. just kind of chatting, uh, and he was like, "Yeah, I didn't think you'd be this tall, and I don't know how to take that." So you so, are very tall. I will say this for those of you who have not met we in person, he is he's quite tall. I'm not stewed tall. Well, I think no one is stewed tall. I think that's just I, a ridiculous I'm bar true. comparison. I'm six two. That's uh. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. pretty tall. Uh, I mean, it's taller so, than you uh, are in the Smash community, which is not a not a scene full of tall people. Well, it's not a scene. Okay, so it is a scene full of short people, but it's it's more so a scene full of people with very confusing heights. Mm, um, I mean, most of those confusions come from people being shorter than you expect. But I think, yeah, you know, the at this point we probably know Leffen's tall just from like everyone being like, "Whoa, Leffen's tall!" But yeah, that, that was a big one. Um, yep. Hacks was a big one, which I guess we've also moved fast for different reasons. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it's like finding out that Mango's really that short or that Hugo's really that short. Um, for me, it was PewPew. Pew. I think the rest of them, the first time I saw PewPew Pew at a tournament in person, I was like, whoa, that's PewPew? Pew? <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them, I was like, oh yeah, yeah he's he's a shorter guy. Uh, uh, Moki. Daki. Look, we don't need to go down the list of people you think are shorter than you thought. Eventually, here's, someone's someone's feelings gonna get hurt, and it, I, you know, no, you're worried that we're gonna get to you at some point. I, you're, yeah, I am you're accurate. You're you're how I you're feel. Accurate. That's good. Five, uh, nine and a half, five ten. Uh, my license says six. So. Six. No. Yep. So whatever whatever that means to you, I'm in. Uh, Legal yeah. documentation cannot lie. Well, for the license. I don't. I, this might differ state by state. Can you just tell them? Like, I feel like you can just tell them. Oh no! It was to the micrometer. They, you know, put your against the you? wall. Yeah, they had a laser thing. Crazy. Laser they like three D. They like three D printed like a <laughs> figurine. It was. It was a whole thing. Right, California. Well, it, California does it different for sure. Sounds official. Yeah. Um, it's just possible that the two of us don't have the uh, the perfect posture that someone like Polish. My posture have. is actually awful, so that's that's an. I'm thing. definitely in there in bad posture, gang. People think that I'm like four to five inches shorter than I actually am. It's a curse, but it's fun though. It feels like you're kind of like Rock Lee taking off the weights though, when you like <laughs> actually straighten up. It's it that actually is true. I have had that happen, but uh, yeah, six five eleven, you know, whatever five ten, anyway, around there. Uh, well, good to hear. <laughs> uh, For everyone it, wondering. Yeah, well, sorry, I'm like desperately trying to think of a transition. Well, Plup's probably about 5'10 as well. So Plup was in your pool, uh, and, and you also ended up playing him in Losers Finals. Uh, how? What, you know, what, what would you say about him? Um, He's the best player of all time, and also I need to know where his pants are from, day two. I'm on this quest. Oh, yeah. He had, he had these, like, uh, like mint 
green tealish slash like pink joggers or something um and he sits down day two or rather i sit down next to him and i'm like yo like where are your pants from he's like what and i was like do you do you know where you bought your pants from he's like no he definitely which, does that definitely seems flabbergasted like me i had well i was like sad i'm still sad i'm on this quest i'm hoping it seems like something that like one of his subs would know you know or, like subs kind of know like a little too yeah some personal information guy, you know what i mean yeah so i need to ask that question but i didn't want to use my twitch prime sub on him to like ask that i asked him legit three times in his chat yesterday and i asked him in person so we'll never find out um but no plus very good um he is a player that is better than a lot of his matchups would lead you to believe in my humble opinion for example and this is kind of a uh this is like the classic like top 200 level player thought where it's like yeah like armada's like really good but like i'm probably better versus puff than he is you know like you can imagine some like 200 level peach saying that yeah. uh, and that's kind of how i feel with plup in like certain matchups like i feel like i watch him play versus like marth for example and like obviously he's a better player than me and like smarter in like every single way but like sometimes his punish game makes me or like him edge guarding i'm just like man he would literally never lose to zan if his like matchup skill was the same as his like player skill um just hmm. kind of unrelated to things but that's how i felt um but yeah no, plup's good he kind of beat me up in pools but uh i also oh yeah the benefit of the format is that i kind of felt like day one like just like didn't matter that much uh very like summit-esque where you're just like man cody lost like went 04 in pools or something and then you know did really well day two kind of sucks for the people he lost to in pools huh um so for me and i tried to spread this gospel to the rest of the players um uh i don't know i think i just like put more mental energy into day two for sure because day one just like legit like whatever it would have been sad losing to meds really but like it doesn't really matter um in terms of like qualifying uh but yeah plup's the best i don't know the fact that he can play chic and fox and just beat everyone in the venue without well i guess he lost his set but seemingly simply uh is very impressive and he's very nice too you see his fit day one also? He had like a coordinated shirt and, and mask. mask. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. Uh, he's kind of flexing on us. No, definitely, yeah. Uh, you can feel the aura. It's actually... It's what they won't tell you. The out-of-game presence is important, too. Yeah. Sorry, think... did I go off the off a tangent? I feel like oh, I don't remember what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just asked about how tall Plop was. And uh, we got onto the actual topic, which was how Plub did at the tournament. Oh um, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, he's good, he's good. I um, think Plub is kind of nuts. Um, it's just wild to me that he like didn't really look like he was bleeding versus any of them, except for Sfat, who's like disgustingly, inhumanly good versus Sheik as Fox. <laughs> yeah, and then he just went he's Fox and won twice, and I was like, I oh. mean, like disgustingly, yeah. inhumanly good versus Plub. Um, I was talking to. Ooh, this is like the most name drop episode of of the year. <laughs> drop them. Uh, this is a very fun fun thing uh, to view myself as a as a little tiny star fucker. Uh, but I was talking to Bobby Siege. Um, yep. 
Uh, and I'll, I'll say this right here. It, all this name dropping doesn't work. I talked to him a lot during the event. I followed him Monday morning. Uh, I have not received a follow back. Pretty rough. Uh, so let me let me tell you for all the names I'm going to drop. It's not me trying to act like I'm cool. I, I pretty much figured out that's not the case. Uh, I'm just dropping it to, you know, color in the details of the, the story. I think um, you're cool, Don't worry. But I was talking to here. Let's say I was talking to an unnamed CLG coach about um, like how I view the S Fat versus Plup um, sets, and I think that they're really, really cool because like when we see them, it's it's usually something that I, I think that if you were to ask the like Genesis watchers or the Summit watchers or stuff like that, you know, people who only watch the scene at large, I think would like pretty certainly favor Plup in that scenario. Uh, but then I think if you talk to someone who watches more of it, it's like the set history for SFAT victories are, are really there. Um, like a lot of the their times that they play kind of point to it being more of a contentious matchup. And when Plup does win, like he did at Riptide, I think it's just like this really cool thing where I see that as um, kind of like a bellwether to find out just how, like how ready... Um, plup is for the the rest of bracket you know if they play in winner's quarters or something it's like a, a good indicator of how i think plup will do versus the spread of top players in top eight and top four or whatever uh because when he goes emo and you know like <laughs> just like does this bm fox and keeps losing it tends to not be uh something that will like the best indicator that he's going to do very well, but sometimes he'll like play chic and, and do really well. And that like kind of points to me that he's going to be in a little bit of a better mindset for the tournament. But, uh, mm -hmm. and then I said that, and then we saw, <laughs> we saw three sets, uh, one where Plup ended up losing, uh, and then two where Plup did really, really well. So maybe this whole theory doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> it was a close set though. The first Plup S fat one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought that those those sets that we saw in Grands, some of the best Fox that I've, sets that I've ever seen from Plop, oddly enough. I think that, like, it's it's a weird thing to say that we, we might see some of the best um, Plop Fox sets recently. But, uh, you know, with, with, like, what we know of him in, from 2019, which was just, like, dropping a lot of sets at the Fox uh, kind of, like, stubbornly. But I actually think that, like, what we saw from him, which was just, like, majority chic, uh, and then Fox for Fox instead of the Ditto, um, ended up working out pretty well. Or I guess Fox and then Fox into Fox Ditto. Uh, ended up working out pretty well. And uh, it's like, you know, we're going to go to this whole, whole balancing act again of, of Fox and chic for him. But as it stands right now, if you were to put him in a bracket, like a main stage or something, or, you know, the finals that we're going to end up seeing him in, I wouldn't be too scared for him. I think that uh, this was a pretty good showing that makes me confident of like when you throw him in a bracket with uh, best people in the world. Yeah, no, I agree. He's uh, sometimes a bit of a wild card, but uh, especially able with to a, do it, you know. Yeah, especially with like a larger crowd, it's hard to to pick him as like the person to win when there's a mango or a Zane. But I mean, he, uh, he always kind of continually shows that the second you start doubting him, he's, he's right there as well. So 
that'll be cool to see. Um, talking about people who are kind of returning to competing, talking about people who are playing different characters. I want to talk about person who got fourth place at the West Coast tournament. I want to talk about one Shepard Lima. Uh, what did you think about Fiction's performance this weekend, Face Roll? Um, not surprised in terms of, well, only surprise was that he didn't do as well as I thought he would. Uh, <laughs> Sky's nuts. Like I said, played him on unranked, like literally the night before. Like, uh, we flew out so Thursday and Wednesday or something. Uh, guys in sand. In my humble opinion, my okay, this takes not very hot. Probably the best Falco, maybe worse than Ginger or Mango. Uh, honestly. No, but a little <laughs> bit in certain okay. ways, similar to how I may be slightly better than Plup at certain things. Fiction may also be slightly mm. better than Manga at certain things. What those are exactly, I cannot say because I do not play Falco. Um, but playing him, it just feels like he has just like a control over the game that's different um, than like most people. And he just like doesn't let you win. You know what I mean? I don't know. When I play, like, other Falcos, um, even Mango included, like, you just can do stuff. I the Not a very good description of what I'm talking about, but, like, you can just, like, sometimes you have a mental lapse for five seconds, uh, and versus most players, it doesn't matter. Um, versus Fiction, you'll, like, blink, you'll black out. Five seconds later, you, like, lose a stock because you're, you're being dumb, and Fiction is, like, very good at beating you up for being dumb. Um... Yeah, I don't know. His, uh, I'm a little, well, I don't know. Our, our set was game five, um, like last talk, I think, so really could have gone either way. But I'm impressed with myself that I beat him, I guess. So um, I don't know. I think he's just really good. When I played him, oh, another thing, I, he, I have really, uh, I became a way bigger Fiction fan from this event because he is such a Falco truther. Falco... He's just, like, so confident in saying how broken and stupid Falco is. And I feel like it's a breath of fresh air, because, like, most Falcos that I talk to, at least, are, like, you know, he spawns at death percent. Like, all of these matchups are actually impossible. Like, you can't do anything. Like, you don't have any real combos. You, like, get thrown off the stage and you die instantly. Like, did you know if you SDI shine, like, you can't get anything? You know, like, all these people talking about stuff. Like, like you can just power shield lasers. They're not even good. Um, Fiction is just, like, every time I would back throw him, he'd be, like... Wow, I hope you don't get the one in 15 that kills me. And then he'd like just side B at me and make it. He's like, only 14 more to go, man. You'll kill me one of these days. And then he's just, I'll just like down throw him and then he'll just like tech towards the ledge and then I'll down throw him again and then tech towards the ledge. And then he's just off stage and he's like, wow, that 20% really mattered. And I was just like, man, like every other Falco would just be so like downtrodden or whatever. Like, so I don't know. Maybe it's because he switched to Falco. You know, it's like a different perspective, but like. I don't know. You just cannot. Falco's actually unedgeguardable. Yeah. Even in real life. I thought it was a net play thing, but real life, it's actually, his recovery is just the best, I think. Like, on God. I Side like... B, unpunishable. <laughs> I like Fiction's Falco because um, I have this theory that, um, like, every, every, every player's secondaries are, like, like, a representation of their hatred for that character. Uh, so, like, if you play, like, a Fox's Marth, 
Like it, mm-hmm. it just does like the most degenerate shit of all time. And it's like, yeah. you, you see them play like Armada's Fox was kind of like this. I thought like the entire time it just felt like Armada was trying to express how miserable he thought the character was. And uh, yeah. everyone does this to an extent. Fiction, I think is really funny because in my head, fiction did this with Falco and he was like, trying to do all this stupid broken shit with Falco and it wrapped all the way back around to him loving the character. He's like, wait, this is so great. Yeah. Falco's so broken. I should just play this character all the time. And now he's a Falco main and it's very funny. Yeah. I could see like the original like hated structure, like as the Fox player, like this is the most annoying shit I could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And now he's like super leaning into it. And I think it's great. It It's very great. Um, yeah, he uh, he's he's. I, I will say, you know, same with with Griffin. Uh, after like spending a weekend in close proximity with him, it's hard to come away from it uh, without like a higher opinion of him. Oddly enough, uh, which is very funny for whoever like reads his Twitter, because um, I think it's like very off-putting to read his Twitter as much as I like it. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, I'm glad I only got to read 280 characters of that. But no, I mean, like, uh, yeah, it's very funny to see him immediately buddy up with all the Falco players. Um, Cause in my mind, I was like, not sure how real the switch this is. Yeah. You know, we don't really see a ton of um, character switches at the top level, just in general. And then we really don't see character switches from Fox uh, for someone who's like still trying to care about the game. Um, yep. The times when we see people switch from Fox, it's like, they're 35. They have a family and they go chic now. It's just like a sign that you're done um so yeah. i was never really the beginning sure. of the end yeah it's like uh or or you do the drug fox and you like really talk up your falcon and you play for two months and then you switch to fox um so i was never really sure how real this falco was or if like if he had to play a certain character if he just like you know counterpick fox or whatever but no he's like like leaning over to rocky all the time he's like yeah this is what happens to us <laughs> it's just like like really uh, you know, buddy, buddy with, with Albert and Rocky and the whole Falco crew. So it was very mm-hmm. fun to see that. Um, and yeah, he, the entire weekend, he was kind of talking about how he's like, I didn't even do well. I just, you know, no one knows how to deal with how broken Falco is. I didn't do well. Falco's just broken. Uh, right. so yeah, that was very, very refreshing. Cause you don't really see that from Falco mains very often. Um, and even when you do, it's kind of like Ginger's positivity of like Falco being the best character and then like couched in, uh, you like, you know, I don't know. I feel like the, the, the way that they get to that point, I think that Ginger and, and Fiction both think Falco is broken, but the way that they like show it and the way they talk about it is very different. So it's very, very fun to hear Fiction. Talk I can't wait Falco. for them to interact again. Cause dude, we got to right. make it happen. Because I, I wonder if it if it's the same or if it's different. You know what I mean? Because now there's like this layer of Falco camaraderie to the two of them, which I think is a recipe for some very, very funny interaction. So. Will Ginger accept him as a Falco? Right, yeah. Or is it like, uh, you know, you got to prove your worth? I guess getting fourth this event, you've been beating SJ, is like kind of proving that you're a real Falco, but we'll see. That's um, pretty good. But- yeah, no, I mean, in terms of his run itself, I think this was uh, this was one of the ones that I was talking to a lot of people about the brackets here. Ara, um, who's in the event, is like a huge uh, Melee Stats nerd, which is very fun. Um, and so he was talking to me about, like, uh, what the pools were and, like, the predictions of the pools. And I think 
Fictions was like the hardest to call. We talked about this on the podcast uh, the week before. But so he has S-Fat, who's like really, really good and also has sets where he gets blown up by Falco. Then you have Bobby, who like can really, really do well and then sometimes really does not. Uh, and then you have Ty, and it's like Ty is a player who, um, you know, uh, Edmund and I will talk about Ty uh, a lot, a lot more than one would think. Uh, Ty is very funny because in a normal year, he will like, he will, it'll be like July and he'll not be top 100. It's like clear. It's like, okay, this is the year he doesn't make top 100. He like lost to Tank. Okay, I, I know he's not making top 100. That guy's nuts. Uh, nuts or not. Like, whatever resume he puts up, it's just like, okay, this is not a top 100 player. He's finally not top 100. And then September rolls around, and, like, the leaves start changing. And for some reason, he starts performing at a level where it ends up, like, 65 to 75. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what, like, what in him uh, changes with when, it, like, fall hits. But, uh, he picks it up. You can feel it in the air. I must be top 100 again this year. So right. it was scary. Fall, I mean, we're not uh, obviously there's going to be no top 100, uh, but but it is fall. It is fall in beautiful Laurel, Maryland, with the leaves changing. So I wasn't sure how this would affect Ty. Um, so like, yeah, Fiction's pool was very was a big toss up, and then uh, you know even the sets he played in in bracket I thought were pretty tight, pretty scary. I think they were S2J all nail biters except for S2J. Weirdly enough. Yeah, the SJ one was like impressive, but not a nail biter. Yeah, like, just... he went close with Rocky. He went close with yeah. Meds. He went close with Griffin. Uh, he could have lost any of those. He could have got thirteenth, and it would have been like, yeah, that was pretty normal. But... Yeah, he made. Uh, we had like the same bracket positioning where we both lost round one and then made it to loser semis from opposite sides. Yeah, I think honestly you're you're on one if you thought his pool was going to be hard for him. Having played him in the depths of unranked, fiction is incredible. So we literally had not seen his Falco on land outside of whatever bar Verdugo's held in. Yeah, land. I think maybe land, he was land. land, land, bro. You don't. We saw someone his online lose to Mandrake. As someone who has who's from the future aka right now and so i see the results of the pool i am confident in saying that he would have won that damn yep no fiction's good and honestly you know as much as the meme is not real it is a little real that like you know falco can just die for sure sometimes you get down throw down to but i'm not you know there is I'm not the crazy i agree chance. yeah right no martha no 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 one in 15 is is chic martha's way better odds <laughs> What do you think about his defense as a Falco? Because I think like when a lot of times people switch, um, a lot of times, and, and maybe this is just like me making stuff up, but, mm -hmm. but I think when people switch characters, it's like uh, a lot of the stuff that comes first is like combo trees and, and neutral. Um, and then the stuff that kind of takes a little bit is like the situational awareness of like, okay, what do I do here? I'm getting attacked here. Or like, you know, um, but I, I feel like I don't really have to worry about fiction's falco in that sense i don't know if you get the same feeling about that um but yeah i guess the like how did you feel about his defense as a as a falco um the thing about falco is he just has insane things his role is incredible because he has shine mostly but like role is just a threat 
So you just like have to be aware of it as like a defensive option, but also like a random reversal that could get you killed. And then full hop just goes to the sky. So I think Falco is a character and then also side B is like secretly broken. You can just like run and then just side B into the middle of the stage and it's unreactable. Um, so I think Falco is a character that like has these like options that people think are like for noobs because noobs spam them um like like rolling or like side being from the state from the ledge rather um forward smashing randomly all of these things that you like kind of associate with like lower level falcos that like aren't really confident in themselves so like they do these weird panic things that supposedly get them killed against better players but you get to a certain level and you're like, no, Falco's side B actually is that good. Like, there's a reason why these low-level players are doing it. And, like, his forward smash is actually that good. Like, it's it's good. So, um, I think it sort of, like, wraps around um, to the point where Fiction is a player that I think is very aware of the fact that he can full hop, like, and in, in the corner. And it's, like, fine. Like, you can just do it. You can just roll to center stage. And, like, Sheik, Sheik is a character that, like, can't really punish those things that well like she doesn't really have like a aerial or a smash attack that just like kills you like if falcon reads you rolling in he, he can kill you for sure but like if sheik does what's she gonna do grab you and then it's a one out of 15 or like you know like f tilt and then you're just you're holding that oh you're holding away anyway so you just roll and she f tilts you and then like the combo doesn't exist um so i think fiction's defense is actually very good um from the falcos i played um just because he at least from a sheik perspective i mean i can't i can't speak on the other things um, the other matchups are, uh, I don't have the high-level expertise, but um, for Sheik, I think he's really aware of at least Sheik's offensive flaws and is aware of how to abuse Falco's strengths. Literally just rolling away is, like, really good. Like, you roll away, and then now you're at the ledge, and then you grab the ledge, and then you invincible side B, and it's like, oh my god, like, I, for one, uh, I really do love the fact that I think you're not the third guest in a row. Uh, also, one of the people who said this was not a guest, they were an interloper. They they came on the show without being asked. Um, but I like do Doran. love the idea... <laughs> I do love the idea of top players coming on and, and mentioning second-best Falcos um, of their own yeah, volition. This is very never this like a consistent theme of our show recently. Yeah, so you mentioned Fiction. Uh, Kadoran on our Dark Genics episode mentioned Fiction, and Logan uh, mentioned Flash, which is oh, a very that's Logan a hot take, I think. But Flash seemed good. I I haven't played him, so I can't. I it's quite possible that <laughs> getting the two of you in okay. a tournament will never happen. So. That's fair. Well, yeah. No, you're right. It's possible. <laughs> he seemed good from watching him play. I think. Well. I don't know. I think Wizard beat him by narrowing out of shield exclusively. So if Flash could figure out how to beat Falcon Nair, he probably would have won that set. Because I think he was winning every single interaction, but just couldn't beat Nair. So, so maybe Sad. Logan's not that wrong after all. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I'd have to play him. I have a feeling that... I don't know. I don't want to... I have a feeling that I would do basic Cheek Falco things and not struggle that much. But maybe not. I don't know. I haven't seen him play versus uh, Sheik. Maybe one day we'll get the faded matchup to happen. We'll do we'll hopefully. That'd be it'll cool. be you versus Flash, and then Fiction versus Ginger. We'll, we'll as long as happens. as long as he's uh, ranked top one hundred already. So if I lose, it's not like people are confused. You know? okay, I feel we'll, like we'll I feel like recently well. every loss is to a top one hundred player now because there's no top one hundred, and everyone's just like, yeah, I'm top one hundred. 
So true. Yeah, we. I he's a top 100 player, and you lose to him. There's no need for it to be validated by the list. It's just oh yeah, you know he's top 100. Yeah, of course. Okay. Right. No, that's fair. One of my favorite things that I saw, uh, and this is not an insult. <laughs> Before I say it, I want to be clear. <laughs> But it's very hilarious. So in 2020, in very early 2020, uh, like January 2020, uh, Dawson from Philly, the, the mm. that Puff Dawson, not the okay, other Puff Dawson, uh, tweeted about his first top 100 win, Big Kid. Mm. <laughs> so it's like this idea is predates uh, you know, the lack of top 100. The, the, the thing about the top 100 is that like you would think that because there's like a definitive ranking of who's top 100 and who's not, that would be like pretty clear. But you can just say it, and uh, it's very possible that people will still just believe it. You can just say that you had a top 100 win on Big Kid, and no one will know the better. And then if they're like he wasn't top 100, then you can like be like, well, he could have been. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now he seems in the the realm for sure. So we're just kind of um, cutting the steps out of the way. Right. Uh, but yeah, we we mentioned Logan earlier, so we've got a lot of Smash World Tour to talk about. Obviously, we have um, East Coast coming up that we got to mention. We have Europe, we uh, we kind of glossed over, but obviously worth a mention. Um, before we get off the topic of the West Coast, we talked about Plup, we talked about SFAD and and you and Fiction. Is there anything else that we want to talk about? Anyone in particular? Maybe there like any surprise runs or something that we just want to shout out before we uh, move on. Griffin, I did like your tweet about being a good Peach player. I thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. That's actually a big win for me and for people who know my Peach history. I think a lot of people would be surprised at thinking that a top 17 Sheik player notoriously has a Peach problem. Not like the uh, the R Smash Bros <laughs> post Peach problem, peach problem, which I'm glad you both are aware of. So well, I don't do you to... have one of those Peach problems as well? No, unless it's subconscious, and that's what was causing me these issues. Um, but no, um, that's actually not to just bring it onto myself again. But that's uh, actually my most the win I'm most proud of at that event was Kalamazoo for sure. Because um, I just do not. I've, like, beaten Peach players before. I beat, like, Bladewise at Genesis. He's pretty good. He's, like, a little inactive at the time, so. Um, and I beat, like, McCain at a local once. <laughs> and I've beaten, like, Connor's Peach. But, like, my record, you know, lost, like, Rustin and, like, Eifter. And, like, I mean, I wasn't as good as I am now back then. But, you know, at the time, it still was a little surprising, I think. Um, so, Are yeah, I don't know. I Lifter, isn't it? <laughs> uh lies, but isn't it's i know when i was there they said it was eifter unless they were trolling really? me yeah you were uh, in uh wait did you go to south dakota yeah you don't oh, even know about with, it because i did poorly squid, right no not even it was like a, <laughs> i was on break from school so i was in the midwest and there was like a tournament in south dakota for, for like in sioux falls the region uh with like a really big prize pool um and uh, I lost to, I was first seed by like a bit. I'm pretty sure I was top 100 at the point, or at that point. I um, mean, I lost to Eifter and uh, freaking Bobby Frizz, I think. Or Shinobi. Oh, One of those two. They were both there, and I think they both got top four. Um, yeah, anyway. I have, I, have a, I have a history 
hidden away for all the the true fans, I guess, of uh, not being that good against Peach. I don't know what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, she's just confusing to me, I guess. But I talked to Kadoran at the event before playing Kalamazoo, and I was just like, what do I do? Like, do you know? Like, I just don't even, I don't know, dude. Like, I feel like Peach, she just has all these moves, and they just, like, beat the moves that you do. Um, and, like, trades are really bad, and down smash is, like, insane reward, and, like, not trivial to, like, punish and bait out. Like, you can definitely, you definitely can, but, like, I don't know. Um, and uh, she doesn't, like, die. You have to, like, edgeguard her, like, a lot. Like, well, other characters can kill her. She can kind of kill her, but it's, like, at, like, a 140. Most of the time, you hit her off stage, and you, like, weak back air, like, ten times, and that is, like, just something I'm, like, not really practiced in. Um, so my Peach match matchups is pretty weak. So I talked to, K to Kadoran, and I was like, what do I do? And he was like, just never move forward, ever. Just, like, turn your back and back air, but, like, do it away from her, and that's just... And you have, like, needles, so, like, throw those, and that's, like, it's that's it. the foxes do. I've heard yeah, this exact and... advice given by all the fox players against Peach. Yeah, <laughs> and then... Yeah, it's just, and the thing is, you know, I don't want to call myself an aggressive sheik, but uh, I will. Um, I generally, like, move forward a lot. Um, and uh, so, like, I'm just, like, not very good at playing, like, keep away. Um, it's just not, like, it's kind of ant antithetical to, like, what my base playstyle is. So um, I'm just really bad when I need to do it. Um, but I just, like, focused really hard on doing that. And then I also messaged Wally. Um on discord and i had like i was talking to like wheat and i had like added wally in like the melee stats discord i was like someone like message this guy and get him back to me because the night before he was like i'll tell you how to beat the peaches and then he never did and then i ended up having to play against keizu um <laughs> so i like messaged him and then android zero actually like has his number so he like texted him for me <laughs> on my behalf yeah there's uh, a lot of uh wally talk going on <laughs> yes <laughs> so wally yeah for good reason but uh so wally ended up like sending me like literally paragraphs of stuff uh on the peach matchup most of which i didn't end up using but uh some of the stuff uh, was definitely useful i think peach is just a character that since she's like a slow floaty you just have to be okay with recognizing when you're in a bad situation and just getting away from that situation like like uh, scrapping with peach is just like not good um, unless you're, like, really confident in the situation. Like, you can do it. CC is, like, good versus Peach in some senses. But, like, if you're not good at using it, it can be bad. Obviously, Down Smash is the most clear example. Um, but, like, uh, like kind of what I was talking about with Falco earlier, Sheik's shield and Sheik's roll are also insane. So, like, if you're, like, in a weird spot, you can just roll away from Peach. And it's, like, she has to read it. And, like, even if she does, like, she might just get weak dash attack. And it's, like, not that big of a deal. Like, she can't, like, run and grab you. Like, she can't do that. She has to dash attack. Or she has to, like, float past you and, like, read um, you with, like, an aerial. So, um, I think just, like, recognizing whenever you're in a bad spot that you can just legit roll away um, is really important. Because before, I'm just, like, very, like, stubborn and, I guess, like, execution-based. So, I'm just, like, look, this situation might be bad, but I can overcome it. But instead, I was like, I'm not going to overcome it. I'm just going to avoid that situation entirely. Um, and that is just way better for short-term results, for sure. So, yeah, I just, like, rolled away a lot and then just, like, tried to not move forward. I definitely did to a fault, for sure, but um, I don't know. I, have, I also have, like, yeah, I have, like, a good punish tree for Peach. Like, 
my punishes are good and like i have micro interactions that i'm like familiar with um like certain things wally was telling me like down tilt as an anti-air that's actually the me that is that's something i invented um <laughs> not really but i mean it's something i do a lot um so like a lot of those things i actually am good at versus peach but just like neutral is just like weird because i'm just like moving forward and then she hits me and then i'm just like oh that's what's happening um also, my I'm just very good at recovering, so Keizu like just couldn't kill me for some reason. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Happy I... about that win for sure. That's why I tweeted that because I was like, man, I've never beaten a good Peach before. Except yeah, that I was I have, great. I thought it was but, a cool tweet. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, very fun for for Keizu to beat that Peach, uh, who you ended up beating, and, and yeah. also very fun was uh, you know, because this is. A qualifier for uh, the Smash World Tour finals in December. We did actually end up uh, having to do fifth place, seventh place, ninth place tiebreakers for, for various different things. Um, so for the ninth place tiebreaker, uh, our uh, our nine our nine players, our four ninth place players, Ty, Albert, Ara, and Rocky, um, <clears throat> ended up playing this uh, a best of three round robin uh, to determine like who would be the backup in case anyone ended up dropping um, from the top eight. Uh, and then we had fifth place. Unfortunately, we're not able to play it out. Uh, unfortunately, it was a TQ. So we figured that one out. And to figure out who was going to be seventh place, uh, we developed a game where Meds and, and Keizu stood about five feet. No, no, it was about like seven feet away from a trash can. It had like a, a water bottle with like, a little bit of water in it and had to throw it in the trash can. Um, and uh, I will say, unfortunately, Keizu had to bow out uh, at, at eighth place for that. He was not able to, to take the tiebreaker from Meds. Very, very close game. Meds sunk the first one. Well, so after a bunch of misses, Meds sunk the first uh, make, and then Keizu was able to immediately match it. Meds, boom, hit the next one. Keizu matched it. And then we determined that they got too good and we moved it back another foot or two. Uh, and then unfortunately, uh, Keizu could not keep up. So, uh, so yeah, both, uh, both you and, and Ned's kind of getting some good peach. Wins. I'm the better of Keizu's. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with this. Uh, the punchline beating that Keizu got destroyed twice is very sad. Uh, well, you know what's funny? funny? Is that so? I looked at the European results for this uh, tiebreakers, and they ran all of them, and they ran them all best of five. Um, which sounds very European. I bet they had like uh... fifteen setups. Yeah, it's it sounds like they they actually like really cared about that. Uh, and I thought my was a win because I convinced the ninth place tiebreakers to do melee instead of RPS, which is what they wanted to do. Uh. But yeah, the the European ones they seem to be on one more than I was, uh, and they actually, you know, perform their their duties. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I guess while we're on that subject, we can we can talk about what happened over there. You know, Smash World Tour, uh, the European event was also this weekend, this this past weekend. Uh, so if you were like me, you could wake up, uh, try to wake up as early as possible, watch, you know, whatever sets Leffen was playing, and then get to you know, have a, like an hour break between that and uh, what was actually going to happen for the North America West event. Uh, pretty, pretty crazy weekend of Melee that we got uh, to see. And 
I don't know about you guys, but probably what was most interesting to me was getting to see Leffen back on land again. This is the first time we've seen him on land since, I believe, Summit 9 in February 2020, um, which is quite some time ago. And uh, with him, it's always hard to tell if he is, like, just how good he's going to be, because uh, there's always a lot of talk. There's always a lot of of discourse around him at all times and it's all about you know well he's playing guilty gear now now he's gonna drop melee now all oh, melee competition's not good enough in europe so he can uh he can never interact with melee in, in a way where he's not able to, to cause some issues about it but uh we saw the d rust tweets that's how we know he's in melee form is when he tweets d rust yep uh every other tweet um so that's how we kind of knew that we were going to see him again. But uh, this time was a little different. He was, you know, talking about some pretty, pretty real complaints about um, some migraines, uh, some, some like chronic dizziness. Um, so coming to this event, I wasn't really too sure of what we were going to see from him. And the first set that I saw, I think we all knew what we were going to see from this tournament. Well, yeah, I mean, kind of, we all knew, but it's like, who, who knows? Right. Yeah. You, know, you kind of got to, gotta act like you don't know <laughs> right. um i was actually talking to fiction we were watching plump versus kadoran and he's like so i'm on after this game right and i'm like well this game's not over kadoran could win he's like yeah but i'm on after this game and i'm like i mean i kind of have to do the thing where anything could happen he's like but plump's <laughs> but he's like if you were to put money on it <laughs> you'd bet on plump <laughs> yeah i was like look man <laughs> like yes i would but i gotta act like it could go either way you never know uh, what could happen with kadoran sets true and i kind of felt that way with Leffen, where i was like i think i know it's gonna happen but i have to like bring an open mind to this and think that like you know what what we're seeing could possibly change right. uh and watching the first set i saw of him that day unfortunately i was i missed some of the sets um so the first set i saw was kinzo and he was down 2-0 i believe um or at least down 2-1 uh which is pretty crazy to, to, to like tune into a Leffen set and uh like have him on the verge of making a reverse three ho but uh obviously he was able to do that and we saw pretty much uh what we expected for from uh from the bracket itself uh ambi did you get a chance to watch any of the european event i know it's like kind of a, so, uh, a tough time i was zone. i was a little busy with the nintendo video i did follow the bracket though and uh i think to me so this is, this is gonna sound really out of left field it's very anti ambi to me, the story of the tournament was Jar Raiden, right? Because <laughs> I thought Jar Raiden at this tournament, I thought he was toast. I thought he was toast. I saw his pool had Kinzo in it, uh, and I was like, there's no way. He's going to get destroyed by Kinzo. I'm a big mm -hmm. Kinzo believer. I'm a big Luigi is not a real character believer. Uh, but he beat Kinzo uh, pretty bad. He, you know, crazy. Uh, he took a game off of Leffen, I think. Um, and mm -hmm. what he, he made it pretty reasonably far in the bracket, and I was like, dude, I thought he was gonna get destroyed, but never Jar doubt Luigi online. Luigi's no, nuts, I, I would have doubted I would have doubted Jar as well. I also thought Kinzo <laughs> was a super tough pool. No, I'm I'm with you on all of this. Uh, it's kind of funny because I believe the eight people who we saw make top eight were all top eight seeds. Uh. <laughs> So it's like how how you know 
how surprising can an event be if, if everyone who's slated to make top eight ends up making top eight? But with with someone like this, with the the pools that we saw for him, I thought it was really tough. So seeing him end up winning was was really or well, Not I think win, it's but... a win for him to get top eight. That's how I view it. Uh, to see him get top eight was a real win. Uh, speaking of players who you know obviously didn't win the event, but I think end up in a better light than they were before. I want to mention Raul. Raul's probably one of those players who, if you are someone who's looking at this event, uh, probably one of the bigger question marks like him, Golbro, um, I think Fat Tino are all players, and like Max, all players who um, it's like, it would take a little bit of explaining to the, to the casual fan or to even someone who really cares about Melee who just hasn't paid a ton of attention throughout quarantine. Um, because Raul is one of the, you know, up-and-comer Fox players from France. I was on Topstream getting to reveal the, uh, getting to talk about the reveals for the players. I think I mentioned that I saw him go from, like, ninth in France to second in one ranking period. Um, and now we saw him at this event. Uh, I believe he kind of... I think he only had one set win, but uh, the fact that it was over a Frenzy is something that's really sick to me. Frenzy is someone who is, like, definitively top five in Europe at this point, I would say. Um, you know, hard to figure out what correlates. Oh, Frenzy. I didn't even know that. I saw that he beat Mahi, and I thought that was pretty yeah. impressive. No, he did it. Oh, <laughs> so he hasn't did beat Mahi. No, he did it in pools, yeah. Yeah, it in was, pools, yeah. Oh, that's it was crazy. Um yeah, it, it was it was nuts. That was one of the ones that I got to watch live sitting in my little bed. Um, yeah, very, very cool to see him do that. Uh, he's also like a big TO for their online scene, like for the uh, European online scene. So shout outs to uh, to Raul for, for doing so well. Nice. Loved it. Love to hear the uh, the TO bit. Gotta respect people that are competing at a high level and then also TOing for their local scene. Very Do nice. you remember when people would be like, what if we did a top player versus TO crew battle and they always put Armada on the TO side? And it's like, bro, clearly, <laughs> clearly he is not a TO first. It's like, if you are saying, okay, we're going to have him in the same crew as Crimson Blur. It's like, there, there's some like, you know, <laughs> like you're like you're wrapping your mind too much around this, this I do concept think that there's you a gotta let area. go i think nintendo is a funny question for this nintendo put him in the tos i think that's fine because he he tos events regularly and he would presumably continue to TO events um i think armada was like on as a to for the beast series or something like that he wasn't the main to like nintendo is for his events um yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like very funny to, to like always bring up Armada being a TO. That was a thing that I think used to happen in like 2015 a lot. Well, uh, it's, it's immortalized in the chillin' rap. Mm-hmm. As far as Armada goes, you just wait till he's a host. Yeah. So, I mean, that can't be wrong. It's true. It's, it's straight facts, as they say. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, Yeah, I mean, so there's obviously like a lot to talk about here in a sense because this is the first land event that we saw in europe that has a lot of the the top players of europe but also in a way it's pretty expected uh, how we saw this play out this wasn't like 
there weren't a ton of surprises uh, other than Ja Raiden making his seed. <laughs> well, there's also um, Fisqueak, I guess. Fisqueak did pretty well this tournament. He beat Prof, uh, which yeah. was always fun to see. He beat Frenzy, which is like probably my favorite rivalry in Europe. I said he couldn't clutch it over Triff. Yeah, I, I really wanted to, to be able Bruce to left. destroy Triff. That would just make me so happy. But well, I guess like the thing I'm I'm saying is on land, sure. If this were twenty, if this were like February twenty twenty or something, um, Pipsqueak did amazing. But would this surprise you, considering what we've seen online? Like I I think Pipsqueak has done amazing online, and the the surprising thing about this event is like how unsurprising it ended up being and how the people who did well online ended up doing really well in person yeah no that makes sense i mean pipsco was seated fourth right so yeah i think uh, uh i yeah. still favor prof over him personally um so at least that was a little surprising to me because he he beat prop yeah. pretty solidly um but i don't know it, the, the, i don't think that tier is like super far apart anyways um I think they're mm -hmm. all pretty close together, so that's not, like, the most surprising. I do think that the event was pretty much, like, as it was slated to go. Um, yeah. But. I like seeing uh, the newer Europeans, I guess. I, I watched most of Max's sets as a uh, chic enjoyer. Guys, what did you say? Chic <laughs> yes. Chic uh, <laughs> it seemed pretty impressive versus Leffen until Leffen remembered how to play um definitely seems pretty good i don't know i mean i don't the sheik is a character that like i don't know for a while in europe was like one of the main ones like in terms of like top players like there were like you know two or and three sheiks in like NTSC. the top 10 and then yeah and that was in pal and then all of a sudden they go to ntsc and well some of the sheiks are gone for different reasons but yeah it's like it's weird that there aren't like that many currently just like given the your history and the and the fact that they went to and now it's right yeah less popular <laughs> I, yeah i don't think i would be playing chic in pal um willingly the yeah. european tournament i went to was ntsc that's for sure um oh, yeah. yeah no it's it is good to i feel like they're just in general like aren't that many sheiks in like the global consciousness i guess like there's definitely like sheiks that are like up and coming you know like ben and whatever but like i feel like as a whole there just aren't that many um so it's always it's always fun to watch them and see i think uh i don't know i just remember watching max play for jaw Raiden, and i was sad that they didn't seem like they were a luigi slayer at that point certain things jaw riding john Ryan was getting away with and i was like that shouldn't be happening but you know it is what it is something to overcome yeah for max yeah i'm i'm a i'm bullish on max i definitely think they're gonna be pretty pretty good when uh yeah when the cards come down i guess right they have the makings of it it seems so i think i'm pretty end up being pretty bullish on almost all the people that we have here you know unfortunately international travel in this time uh pretty bold uh plan to make this all happen and to see it happen like oh, as close to the plan as it was is, is super great but Fortunately, there were a few players who we didn't end up getting to see here. Um, but even then, even as like not perfect as this is, I, I do think that I'm pretty bullish on on a lot of these people. Like we mentioned, Max. I think Fat Tino is also very good. Someone who um, I believe was ranked like fifth in uh, the UK on their uh, PR before quarantine. 
uh, even above Mint. And then you have like Raul, who you mentioned, uh, Kinzo, who you mentioned. I think Rix and Skullbro are both very good. And someone who we saw not really perform uh, that well this weekend was Meaty, the um, Swedish Marth player. But that is someone who, you know, I, I'm willing to say uh, this is like a step in the process, right? It's like, right. you know, you, you got you to gotta go to an event and get absolutely dumpstered on. And then that, that, that's just all part of the uh, positive progress forward. Sometimes, uh, you know, it seems like it's a step back, but it's actually all part of the larger scheme of going forward. So I, I'm willing to say that Meaty, even though he did not really have a very good event, um, being someone who's like so largely came to uh, came to the public consciousness online and like not doing too well in person, I think could seem a little like deterring. Um, but I, I wouldn't really sell any meaty stock I would have right now. I think he's I think he's uh, someone who could be pretty good. Um, I'm not saying this as a transition to Edwin Budding Stock Exchange. Edwin is not with us tonight. Right. He's I was. I, I don't want to make I, it sound like he passed away. He's with us currently. Right. Yes, he's doing right. he's doing his thing. I did see that segment of the of the last podcast. A little, you know, I was I was getting mentally prepared to buy and sell. So I'm excited for the questions that you have for me. Also, kind of in a similar vein. Well, it's from the patrons, so let's see if they do a good job. But we <laughs> oh. got a little bit of time before that. Um, right. But yeah, 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 let's let's take that as an opportunity. We'll we'll move one step closer to those patron questions. So we are going to look at uh you know the North American East event for the Smash World Tour. 2021 we already got to see north america west uh qualifier this past weekend and we obviously the european one that we just talked about now it's the uh what what ended up shaping up to be the big one the very very scary one um i know that this is the most stacked for melee that we've seen so far and we'll probably see uh and i'm not really sure what happened with ultimate but i think i wouldn't be too bold if i said that this is the most stacked regional qualifier that we are seeing for all of smash world tour uh let me read out the top seeds because it is it's terrifying yeah it's pretty crazy <laughs> uh so we have number one as zane which is someone who is pretty cool to see you know he has been passing on on a few events um just because it is covid and, and being extra safe but uh because of the way that this one's running in a kind of a chill little situation, uh, obviously not a ton of people, uh, not a ton of people who are non-essential personnel. We uh, we luckily get the gift of Zane, uh, so that's going to be amazing to see. We have IBW, fresh off of his first major win at Riptide, HBox, Wizzy, Nun, Ginger, Logan, Gatsu. So that's the top eight seeds, and I just want to reiterate that eight players make it to this. So the players who I mentioned next are not seeded to make it to the World Finals, which is crazy, because you have Aklo, Two Saint, Magi, Ben, Lod, Polish, Kobol, and uh, the Diamond in the Rough that Melee Stats found, <laughs> uh, Zamu. Um, yeah, this is crazy. You know, if you if you look at the uh, the people who you have here, this legitimately, if you threw this group, this top 16 into a 200 person event or whatever, um, that's a major, right? Like if this yeah. top 16 is just magically put into SmashCon Fall Fest, that is one of the biggest events that we've seen in the year. Um, so it's absolutely nuts that, that like this is happening. We're about to see this. And uh, yeah, like we are getting thrown back into the real nitty gritty of like who actually can win these events, uh, what's going to happen, you know, all, all the stuff we're going to 
to try to, to figure out. Um, did you guys get a chance to see the pools? Pools just got released today, uh, publicly this morning. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to leak them like we did last week on Waiting for Game. Mm. Uh, yeah. We had to do it the normal way, just put them out through Smash GG. Uh, but these pools are pretty insane. So uh, I'm going to start off with Zane's just because uh, you know, he is obviously the first seed here. So we have Zane, Gatsu, Aklo, and Zamu. Uh, I think this is a weirdly like the second hardest unfortunate <laughs> draw I think for Aklo. So there's yeah. one player I think that got a harder pool than Aklo. I, I think we'll, I know who you're talking we'll about. We'll get to them. Um, but I do think uh, it's a little funny. I, I was sort of hoping that there'd be an Aklo Logan showdown at this at this event. Maybe it will happen. Quite in possible. Bracket. Maybe maybe uh, it'll happen in bracket. But, maybe it'll be a tiebreaker. Yeah, that'd be funny. What if they did it like by basketball show off or whatever? I know that there's that basketball arcade machine at Xanadu. True, they'll yes, do that thing. Is. That that'll mm -hmm. be pretty good. Um, I'll, I'll like hold something above me and they'll try to get it from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I would like to uh, have everything played out of melee, but if yeah, if I need to like officiate uh, a game of marbles or something, I guess I could do that. Uh, but yeah, you, you mentioned Logan. Logan's pool, uh, not very easy itself. IBW, Logan, Toussaint, and Cobol, um, which is just like, you know, you, you mentioned Aglo's pool kind of being scary. You, you, Logan is in the same boat as a kind of an online up-and-comer who did prove, yeah, they did prove themselves at Summit. Uh, but this event, man, this is not an easy pool to go into. Uh, and I think... We're going to get to the next pool, which is, uh, I believe this is the one where you say this is the hardest draw. Uh, Hbox, Ginger, Magi, and Polish. Is that correct? That is that is, the one? That is not correct. Really? Uh, I do okay, think this I've is, heard some talk. This is a fun so pool. That, that's how, I that, guess. Dude, this is how funny this event is, is that there are so many different opportunities to call it the hardest pool. Um, okay, well then we we have only one pool left. We got Wizzy, Nun, Ben, and Lod. So this is the one that I was referring to. Uh, for I think for it's, who? I think it's so funny because I think Ben had such high probability of making upsets given a random assortment of these players, mm -hmm. right? And he got the Falcon pool, <laughs> and I was like, no, Ben. <laughs> like literally any other two players. I think would have been like if, if like Ben versus Ginger, that would have been so sick, right? Yeah, uh, hmm. yeah just switch him with Magi. He would have Hungry Box too. Like that's perfect for him, right? Like that's that's the ideal Ben pool, I think. Instead, he has the Falcon pool. If Ben if Ben does really well in his pool, that that's a legendary performance. I think that'd be really really exciting. Has Ben uh, struggled historically with Falcon? Is that the the narrative we have? He he's he's been on the up and up versus Falcon yeah. recently. Um, I would say that that's that's been the narrative. He is turning the corner, I think, which is like why I think I'm trying to set up for this super epic. Ben does really well <laughs> in the pool. Um, but I think it would have been it's, very fun if he was in tough. the hungry box pool. Be great. We could. Who knows? Maybe we'll see it in bracket. Um, I'm not saying something like I know anything. Uh. But if I could, if I knew anything, I would rig it that way. So if you see it, thought, it might, might have been rigged. I thought you were gonna say this is an extremely hard pool for Laud. That's what, yeah, that's what I was dude, gonna say. I literally didn't know who you who you thought it was a hard pool for. I mean, uh, all the pools I are hard Lod for everyone, sick. but Laud's gonna win the pool. 
I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a law doubter. He's got subflow. What are you talking about? Come on. I um, mean, I I was just thinking law to someone who like you know I don't know like replace him with Polish. That'd be a very interesting pool for me. But giving him two Falcons, I think, is a little mean. Whoever did that, and then obviously Sheik apparently can beat Peach with her eyes closed once you yeah, learn right. what to do. So, we'll so see. Ben's not I, a good draw I, for him either. But I'm interested to see what the uh, control. I like Law versus Falcon. Can be. I remember was the SCJ set that he had where he well, was he the beat SCJ, SCJ. E- even bigger back. Yeah, I like and bigger back. Yeah. Like made a bunch of tweets about how subflow upper was subflow. broken. Yes. Yep. I remember that. I, so, I do really like event. him versus Falcon, so I'm not super worried for Lod. Lod's also on his golden path of improvement uh, by playing on box um, for some matchups, and Fal- and and I think Falcon's one of them. I believe. Uh, I I believe he got somewhat dumpstered by Gatsu at Riptide, um, but you know it's all it's all on the up and up. Like you know, I got to move backwards, move forwards, and such. But uh, I'm not sure if we are seeing Lod at this point where. He is like at his peak versus Falcon, uh, and even if he were, I think that these two players are super scary. Um, seeing someone like Wizzy, who's just like very, you know, very patient. Uh, I'm not sure if I'd call him like a Peach specialist, but he is someone who I think has a playstyle that does well against a lot of playstyles of Peach. Um, and then yep. you have None, who had a uh, Peach problem for a while, not the one on Reddit. Um, but I think it's kind of turned the quarter on that, uh, at least to the point where, like, I don't think that it's a given that any Peach who's ranked, like, 60th in the world or something would beat him. Uh, but then again, you know, Lod's better than 60th, so who, who knows? Sure. Uh, yeah, I think it's... I think this is going to be such a crazy event. Uh, and, yeah, this pool... I think it could be scary for Lod. I think it could be scary for Ben. Um I don't like, know, all I'm man. saying, I think if if the third or fourth seeds win in the other pools, that would be understandable. That'd be pretty fun. Or if they if they get yeah. second or if they get first, I think if Ben or Laud do extra well in this pool, I'm hyped. Like, uh, yeah. I think that's uh, more more how I'm how I'm how I'm seeing it. Right? It's not necessarily ranked in order of difficulty in my head. It's more just like either those two players pop off against the Falcons. That's that's big. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I have a question. Do you think Cobol makes it out in winners? Oh, dude, I was gonna bring this up. Cobol as a fourth seed is so terrifying because <laughs> I think it's appropriate, right? Yeah, but yeah. I also think like if you're in the pool with Cobol as the fourth seed, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Come <laughs> on, dude. Dude, yeah, that's, that's the uh, thing. A bit dastardly. My my guess is that he gets tiebreakered into second. Oh, that's a cool he, he goes he goes like one two, but gets second because of how I don't even know out. if he's going one two. I mean, maybe I th- I think that he's. Yeah, I think has... he can go one two. I think I can see it, like a like mostly Logan, just two saint. That's Logan just my beats guess. Kobol but loses to two saint. Uh, yeah, Kobol beats two saint but loses to Logan. Uh, yeah, IBW beats all three of them and then they do a weird tie break. I can see that. That that's something I'm imagining. I mean, obviously, who knows? Any of them. I could might win, be more honestly, of a Kobol. But believer um not as much as edwin who consistently like overvalues cobalt to an extent that he is like not even sure why it's happening it's like he's possessed by someone yeah he, uh, whatever he's you talk about cobalt for sure but so. he doesn't understand it he's like why am i doing this <laughs> it's like why did i rank cobalt 25th for the year 
I know the results aren't that good. I can't stop myself. He's just got a he's got he's got a poll about him, you know. It's just something, yeah. It's like uh, something takes over whenever someone talks about Cobalt. Uh, I I don't know. I might be a Cobalt believer in this one. I think Cobalt might go two and one. I think this is just like such a pool for him to do well in. Um, Logan obviously is just like such a good player versus Fox. Um, it's just like very good. Uh, spacey slayer but then you got someone who like cobalt i think operates on a little bit of a different level and i think it's a little tough for people who are on the come up um to beat him first try uh like definitely someone who when logan was was playing all these online stuff and like beating people um i think cobalt took a little bit uh to like round the corner um logan took a little bit to round the corner of cobalt that is so we will see. I think that's uh, kind of a tough situation to be put in. And then Cobalt versus Toussaint. I, yeah, I definitely can see that. I'm not even sure who I favor in that one because I think Cobalt's so good uh, versus Puff just after years of years of playing H-Box. Uh, but then again, Cobalt kind of operates on his own like frequency. He might uh, just run off the stage and side B off the stage and uh, go own three in his pool. So we, we truly will never know until it actually happens. He, he, he can be up four stocks to one, uh, up 2-0, and uh, until he wins, it's very possible he might throw it away. Right, it's not over till the game says so, for sure. None more true than with Cold Ball. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if we are talking about people who are going to make it out in winners, uh, I think Cold Ball has a pretty good chance for a four seed. Is there any other pools that you think have... Upset potential. I, I laugh as I say this because I think all these pools have upset potential. Yeah, no, I think but, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I think we could just be on the pools for a very long time. You could just you could just pick literally any name. I want to say Polish. Ooh, well, let's talk about let's talk about the Polish pool because I think that's a great one to, to mention. Um, it is the H box pool as well, and uh, it's pretty impossible to have a melee stats uh, like filmed meeting. Very odd way to say podcast. Uh, it's pretty impossible to have an episode of Waiting for a Game and not talk about the man, uh, Hungrybox. Um, so we have his pool, which is Ginger, Magi, and Polish. And I have no real idea of how good this is for him. I think I want to say that of all the things that he could have gotten, probably one of the better ones. Um, if you were to look at someone like Logan uh, as a second seed or like maybe even Gatsu, I think this could be scary. Uh, and then Ben, obviously not in the same pool as him. Ben would be a scary three seed. Two Falgos, so, I think, is the best you could ask for as a Peach. Uh, what was that? I think Two Falgos is sort of the best you could ask for as a Peach. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm mentioning, I'm talking about H-Box. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't I know what. Polish. We're going to get to Polish. Polish on the mind. I want to talk about Polish, but I we got we to gotta mention the box first. Right. Um, you can't gloss over H-God. So what do you think? What do you think about this pool right here? Does H-Box go 3-0? Does H-Box make it out in winners? Does H-Box win a set? I think Does he, he win a game? <laughs> he, wins some, he wins some games for sure. Does he take a stock? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you, think, you think he goes 3-0, Andy? Yeah, I think he wins nine games in this pool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh... I'm not really worried about him versus Magi or Polish. Ginger, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if Hungerbox gets 2-1. Yeah, I think if Ginger beats and him, gets I, first would, anyway. I would not be shocked. 
Um, but I think I think he has the uh, the edge there. I think uh, Ginger versus Netplay Hungry Box was definitely a very intense rivalry in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely of the belief that Hungry Box is just not the same player. Like even if it's just like a mental thing, I think yeah. he's a uh, he's just not the same yeah. when he's on land when he's on the stage there and like you can like hear him uh he's very ominous i think yeah he's got a threatening aura for sure you can't feel it in the comfort of your own room but (sighs) not yet not yet he'll become (laughs) that powerful yeah liquid has not figured out how to make it traverse through the electrical wires in your house the technology's but... not there but they're working on it they're working on it lack for of sure. trying. the man definitely does yell very loud in his own room so. yeah <laughs> yeah no uh hunger box definitely i mean most players are different on land whether that's good or bad for them um but hunger box for sure i think is one of the more market differences definitely i think uh he's just got it like that man that's just, just what it is but uh i mean he could still yeah. still lose some games for sure i think i think his set records will be important for tiebreakers um just because mm. of how like the tiebreakers work like with like game count game counts being ahead of head-to-head um and the fact that i'm a i'm a puff believer but she has some bad counter picks so i think you know getting shined off the top twice on yoshi's versus falco's is like gonna happen so i wouldn't be surprised if like those games kind of make the difference in tiebreakers yeah super good point Mm-hmm. yeah um it's impossible to say truly <laughs> when it comes to hbox uh but every time we see him we start to learn a little more about uh like what his ceiling is and what his floor is and i think that what i've seen and we talked about it here on the logan episode but i i do think that hbox getting third at events kind of just like puts him in a little bit of a rut where i don't think he's has the need to prove his haters wrong which i think is like pretty instrumental in hbox's uh like continual success um mm. i'm not gonna say that's his only reason for success because he's such a good player but like that's a non-zero part of him doing well uh yeah like because he really turns it on when people think that he's not very good or if he's already in a bit of a slump uh oh. considering almost every tournament that he's not been seated first at he's won which is crazy. Right. Um, I'm I'm wondering if the lack of crowd means that because there won't be people cheering against him, he'll be less powerful at, than a traditional LAN event where the crowd does not want him to win most of the time. Well, here's, here's I'll the, be there, here's the not thing, wanting right? him to win. Like, so. I think, uh, <laughs> you'll be the one heckling him? I'll be, I'll be heckling it him. It might not even be like the physical crowd. It might just need to be the um, like the emotional crowd right Mm -hmm. because like i think that when he's at like a summit he still does well Mm -hmm. um and you can imagine that hungrybox is envisioning twitch chat being very mean to him Mm -hmm. uh he doesn't have that playing netplay tournaments everyone loves him right he's got like this this warm loving supportive crowd that will give him tons of money if he loses yes Um, yes so i think that it might not be the physical crowd even if it's just like the imagined crowd behind the screen not liking him that might be enough for for hbox mode you know what i mean that's a good point yeah no i i i agree with that 100 percent. 
I have been to tournaments actually where they have the Twitch chat on like a big TV in, in view oh, of, the, of the player set. Yeah, it's bad. Why would you that's, do that? I I actually might do that. Locals were a different time. I'm just gonna I haven't seen that major. Right. I was thinking Hungerbox could pull out if he needed a physical affirmation, he could pull out his phone <laughs> and just full screen the Twitch chat and just have it on the table next to him as he's playing. If he well, needs it, I mean, he might not. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. the the point that I'm trying to make is that maybe he might not need it. I I think like uh, there hasn't been a lot of doubters, and he he ended up doing pretty well at Summit. He did pretty well at Riptide, and I think that let in a situation where he goes to Summit and gets ninth, um, and like everyone says, oh, he sucks on land now. I think he would win Riptide. Like I think that it's so funny, the the ebb and flow of his uh, performances. They don't always line up with expectations and, like, countering expectations. But I do think that um, if he is complacent, I am, like, not... I don't think that a complacent H-Box as he is right now uh, can consistently beat Zane and IBW and Mango and, I guess, Plup or, you know, enter whatever uh, top player you want into that category. Um, so it's, like, it's... An interesting thing to see, because I, 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 I do think that he can do well, uh, but without having the push of just, like, proving everyone wrong behind him, that enough to win an event on its own. So we will see. I think that's kind of an interesting through line through this tournament. We'll, we'll be like, you know, uh, we kind of, like, now, now know that HBox is still a top five-ish player. Um we're not going into events thinking that he should be seated 20th or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and without that, you know, do we, do we see enough drive to prove the, the haters are on? Who knows? Um, let's talk about, uh, you know, we're, we obviously don't really know what bracket's going to end up looking like just because it, it all ends up uh, going down to pools, but let's talk qualifiers. There are eight slots of this, just like there were for the North American West and the European event. Um, we got three of us here. Hmm. The way we did this before was me and uh, Dark Genix took three, and then I made Edwin take two. Oh. And without Edwin here, I feel mean making Ambi do that. Um. So I will. I will take the sacrifice on my own. And uh, I'll. I'll name two players who I think might make it. Uh, Ambi can name three, and uh, Griffin, you can also name three. So we can go around. Um. Yeah, yeah, uh, let me let me start off here. So uh, we're talking about players who are going to who we think have a good chance of making it in. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Gatsu. I think Gatsu uh, is a player who really over quarantine established himself as probably better than he's ever been. Um, I think uh, over uh, 2019, like 2020 land stuff, he kind of. Uh, fell into this little bit of like a comfortable place um like around the 30s or so uh but what we've seen of him online there's like streaks of being like a top 15 player uh and i, I think that he's like still in the ability to, to tap into that so i will say that gatsu especially after we saw him like i think he like 3-0'd s2j at low tide um i think that gatsu could end up doing really well here so i also think gatsu's gonna make it Griffin, you got a uh, got one for us? Uh, yeah, I haven't looked at the. I tried looking at the projected, and it's just so 
it depends so much on how the yeah. pools are yeah. going to play out that it's kind of hard it's to like truly impossible look at the uh, thing i want to say aklo i just think uh there's just his pool i think is hard for him i don't know i'm not really confident that he'll be i mean just having zane in your pool by itself like scary nigh nigh but guarantees that he that zane himself is already taking up a slot um of winners but i think that i'm just looking at the names and just some like a feeling of like how scary they are i feel like aklo could definitely do well um in the pool especially just depending on who he plays against um and also the fact that uh, Link is apparently incredible. So if he's ever in doubt, he can just pull that up. Which actually, like, half memeing, but I think having multiple characters is actually... I don't know if it's, like, objectively good, like, on paper. But I think playing two individual players is, is good. Um, and so, you know, if you play against, I don't know, someone and, like, you're struggling with Fox and you're like, there's no way this guy knows how to beat Link or uh, this person knows how to beat Link, you know. I think just being able to do that is actually useful, despite the fact that, obviously, Link is definitely a worse character than Fox, but... Uh, yeah, so I, I have a fun thought on that. I think uh, yeah. Aklo's Link is very scary. Uh, I think that if, if it were just a Link player that was the same level as Aklo, it would not be as scary. But um, I remember talking to Crudo about a player that is now banned, and about how they were able to beat a bunch of people because they would play people, and instead of thinking about how to beat the character, they'd be thinking, oh god, I really don't want to lose to this this guy. This would be so sad. It would be so sad if I lost yep. to this guy. And your brain is just full of the toxins of what happens if you lose. <laughs> I think that's what Aqua's Link feels like to me. I don't think it's that like scary, especially for any player in this like very, very stacked list. But I could definitely imagine it doing some like real severe psychic damage to at least one of them so definitely yeah i mean i don't i do not want to play against this link for sure i mean <laughs> scary given obviously given the matchup like you would think that that yeah, would be that uh, worse not better <laughs> that would be donezo but yeah no exactly <laughs> like losing to link would be embarrassing and uh i've had my fair share of close sets with tim t who is oh, not yeah. even close to Akla's skill level uh sorry to him but you know so I'm just saying, I, I, I like Akla's versatility, and then even if he doesn't even have Link, I just think, you know, this Fox is good. Very impressive, and then also just kind of on, like, an upwards trend skill-wise. Um, For sure. So that that would be my pick. And I don't want to cut this specifically short, um, but around, like, 8, I kind of have to go. So if you wanted to, like, do, like, the, like, patron questions for me and then go back to NA East, maybe that's better uh, for me. Well, here, let's, uh, let's try to... You know, we're, we're kind of getting to the end of this anywhere. Okay. Um, I think Zane, Box, and IBW will make it. That's good. Yeah, Those I are good picks. my thoughts. Uh, I'm going to make you finish off the, another two. I'm just going to mention one without looking at bracket. And I think I might screw you over. Uh, I'm going to say Polish. Go for it. Yeah, Polish <laughs> think, is a good pick. I think this might mean that you have to pick someone who is, like, very high. You, like, will not have – you'll have to leave someone out who's very good. Nah, it's okay. Uh, I think Polish is a good pick just because looking at his pool. I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's the... F well, I think it's the best pool for a fourth seed. So I don't right, no, yeah, 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 for sure. I think, like, just getting two Falcos, and, like, I think Falco beats Peach, but at a human level. I think, uh, you know, you get down smash sometimes. Sometimes you just die randomly. Um, and obviously Polish is very good and capable of punching above his weight class, if you will. Um, so I think just, just from his pool and the fact that getting winners is, like, pretty possible... And that means you only have to win one set day two. 
Um, that's a good pick. So, do I need to pick two more people or one? Two more. Two more. Uh, I guess none. Did no one say none yet? No, Seems none. like a pretty, pretty. None is just. Pick he's just eight. capable. And then he's you just got, good. He's you got wins. Busy. So you could pick Ginger. Yeah, these are Logan. people that I could pick. But I'll pick uh, pick Zamu. Yes. I think Zamu has nothing to lose. Zamu has nothing <laughs> to lose, and that will be his uh, his biggest ally in this. I think he's literally he's 16th seed, right? Because he's the fourth seed yes, in Zane's yeah, pool. So I don't know. And the, it's just you only need to win two sets. So legit, just like very AFK, possible. Your day one, like obviously show up, but like you know, use it for intel, study everyone, and then day two just win two sets. Could be done. I'm a Zamu fan. Aren't we all? Um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna get some some quick questions and see if we can get you before you gotta leave. Um, sorry, in the patron channel, there's a lot of discussion about what Coney re Coney's real name is. Do you know Coney's real name? Uh, I do, but only because I saw it in a separate Discord. <laughs> oh yes, I also did post it in a different Discord. Do you know? Uh, did you see my? Do you know what Danny Phantom's bully's name is? What is Dandy Phantom's bully's name? It is Zane's alter ego, Dash Baxter. <laughs> Very good. I'm not uh, even kidding. That's like actually his name, that's Dash awesome. Baxter. That's a really good yeah. tag for a Marth player. Yeah, I know. He should be using that. But uh, yeah, the, the name of... Uh, Coney's real name. I don't know why we're bringing this up. Coney's real name is Zach Zeeks. How is that not his tag? Uh, big question. Um... But so this is a question from Johnny Gamble, uh, T.O. from Pittsburgh, uh, formerly of the the Easter, uh, southeastern Pennsylvania. Um, so as someone with allegiance to two regions, who would face role cheer for in a Midwest versus SoCal crew battle? So who would you cheer for if Midwest and SoCal were playing? Um, it would depend on the player. So uh, SoCal, well, okay, they're both very big regions, so... It's not like I know everyone in the Midwest or I know everyone in SoCal, but uh, it just depends. Like, if they're, like, Irvine, probably going to cheer for them over Midwestern people. But, like, some of the, like, L.A. players or whatever, like, we're, like, friendly, you know? But we're not, like, hanging out, you know? So, like, Champagne, I'm going to care more about, like, Zamu or whoever else, Shabo or something, yeah. if they're on the crew, uh, then... Uh, Johnny, I'll just say, or like a oh, West Balls yeah. or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. But uh, I, if I would be on the SoCal crew, probably. I don't think the Midwest would be allowed to claim me. Sadly, if like you're asking like what crew I'd be on. Cheering wise, though, it's definitely it's just per person. Like people I'm like closer friends with would take priority rather than uh, region ties. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so I, I think in every every match in the crew battle, every time a <laughs> you... new person swaps in, I'm moving to the other side of the of the venue. <laughs> Just that's make a happen. value judgment based on who it is. Yes, that yeah. is that's truly the way to do it. <laughs> um, well, how about this? This also kind of uh, we can have both answers for Midwest and SoCal in here because uh, YCZ asks favorite post tourney meal spot. Oh, um, I've got some nice memories of going to Raising Canes after UCI tournaments um, pre-COVID. Um, so that's a good spot. Canes uh, also open till like 4 a.m. for some reason. Uh, the inside, which is very unusual for crazy. Uh, places. Most of the time you'll have like, if you have like a place that's open late, it's like their drive-through that's open late and like not like their dining area. But Canes just is. 
Uh, at least the ones um, near us. So that was always a good place because, you know, a tournament would end at like 1 a.m. or something. And it's just, it's fast food, but it's like indoors. So you can like sit down, you know, it's like a little different from like eating inside McDonald's. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like definitely still fast food. But like it feels like a step up. So like you're less embarrassed to say that you went indoors and ate there. Yeah, eating uh, so yeah, McDonald's is a little weird now that you pointed it yeah. out. I, 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 I mean, it's weird to describe it that way, but I kind of see what you're saying. Right, I don't know. Like, if you said you, like, were just eating inside a Burger King, I feel like people would be like, really? But they have yeah. ta tables and chairs there, so, like, you're... So, I wonder if that's just a, a COVID thing that also, like, kind of... It was always, like, a little weird. Now it's just like, why would you do that? Yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. I, I will say, during COVID, my friends and I... My friend and I... Uh, I don't want to make it sound like I have a lot of friends. Um, you do. My, my one singular friend and I uh, were in the drive-thru for Taco Bell. We placed an online order, and we've done that before at other Taco Bells, and it's just like they hand it to you. Uh, we would go through, and they're like, yeah, you have to come in for an online order at this Taco Bell. So it was like hmm. summer 2020, <laughs> pre-vaccine, and I was just like, I have to walk inside a Taco Bell? Uh, it was a very calming experience. There's no one there. There was one guy who was like picking up a DoorDash order, and I gave him the nod of, I don't know, like some yep. camaraderie between us two. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was like really, really very calming. Uh, something that I, I, I can't ex truly explain it, uh, and probably a level of peace and nirvana that I might never reach again. Um, I'm happy for you in the moment. I have, I have definitely ordered. Uh, Taco Bell on from the mobile app and then picked it up in the drive-thru. So I'm sorry to say that you had to go inside this, for some yeah, reason. This one was playing different, but I, I mean, maybe it was all worth it. Uh, how about this for a post-tourney meal? Uh, what about taking an entire pizza home to your hotel? Yeah, that, that I mean, that's good. I, I will say, uh, well, I already kind of told you this in our secret DMs, but uh, I one of the saddest parts about um the na west event was how like good the food was that was catered in terms of taste but how much i could not partake in them like like wingstop was catered i had wingstop literally yesterday because i like it that much nice. um chick-fil-a and then like pizza and i like you know if i was like just by myself in my room in front of my computer those would be the foods that I would choose to like watch like the NA East like this weekend, for example, like just by myself. But for like a tournament, like performance perspective, couldn't really justify eating like that much unhealthy food, sadly, right before matches that would determine my self-worth for the next couple months. Um, so those, those, just speaking of food, I was really sad that they had really like delicious food that I in good conscience could not uh, eat. And pizza was one of the things to relate to what you just asked me. Uh, yeah, there was, like, so much food left over because I think people kind of had yeah. a similar mindset, didn't want to, like, you I know. think they just ordered a ton of pizza. Um, yeah. There were so many pizzas. Yeah, you got to take home an entire pizza. I got to take home an entire pizza. Very, very fun. Uh, will not admit how much of that pizza I ate. And then also, it did not fit in the fridge that they provide you. So I just kind of left the pizza box out. Oh, yeah, definitely health code violation for sure. I had to take a class for um, hosting events at UCI. You're not allowed to have, like, food at, like, room temperature for, like, more than four hours before airborne pathogens or something make it unsafe to eat. So 
Oh, also, so I really looked like I destroyed my room this weekend, um, my hotel. Uh, I might not. Hey, who knows? I booked the same one for this upcoming weekend. Maybe they won't let me back. Oh, Half the pizza out. Uh, there's a huge floor-length mirror, and it fell. <laughs> so, so I told someone, and they were like, we'll have someone come up and fix it, and they never did. Uh-huh. So I just kind of checked out without it uh, ever fixing that. Um, so who knows if I'll be allowed back to uh, NAES, but we will see. I think, I think you'll be good. We'll see. Yeah, if, if everyone... if. If NA East looks mismanaged, just imagine that I got barred from the sleep in and Laurel in. Uh, that kind of will, you know, tell the tale. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is uh, we'll, we'll, time will have to tell. We will we will see NA East coming up this weekend. Um, should be a pretty amazing event and a pretty amazing episode that we just had with you, Griffin. You know, you are uh, you're a great guest. It's good to hear from your experiences from the event. Um, and you did not tell me that I'm a horrible TO, so that was a great experience. Um, before we go, usually what we do is uh, we do a, like a little bit of a segment, which is currently unnamed. Um, I thought it could be called Touching Grass, and then Edwin did not like that. Um, but we're going to basically uh, go around, we're going to mention some stuff that we've been doing recently that's outside of Smash. I think that Smash is like kind of monolithic in the way that people view um players and and like community members uh it's like kind of impossible to to look past anyone's involvement in smash uh and see any other hobbies they do so it's kind of a perfect opportunity to to talk about something that's been going on in your life just an interest or a hobby or something like that that has nothing to do with melee um i'll start so the nba season has finally started and the 76ers are okay (laughs) um I'm not going to mention them. I'm not going to pick them yet until they're good. That'll be my my segment when they're good, because right now it's weird, uh, and Ben Simmons is not playing, and we're not that great. Um, so I will pick something that I don't really like that much, but has been growing on me, which is a YouTube channel called Turning the Tables. Uh, it is one in the genre of YouTube channels where they have a very interesting parent and someone who's not interesting at all as the child who's running the channel. Um there's another channel that's similar that I watched and it was like asking my dad to make gourmet food out of McDonald's. And it's like very funny. Cause these channels are this. all, they're all based on the, like the parent. I wouldn't watch it for the kid, but they're all like centered around the kid. The kid's like, yeah. like starts it. And he's like, Hey, I don't have my phone on me. So this is my, my mouse. It's like, Red. Hey, we're here. I'm going to, I just got McDonald's for my dad. We're going to make him, you know, make it into a gourmet meal. And then the rest of it is like the dad. Yeah. So this is a very similar experience. Cause there's a guy who's not that interesting and he's showing his dad albums, uh, from the past five years or so. Uh, and the dad is super expressive and just like really happy. And he's also, I believe probably has some sort of history in music, uh, because he's very insightful. Uh, so it's very cool to see his thoughts and opinions on what are mostly 2010s hip hop albums. Uh, it's kind of cool to see like the like fuckboy canon of like uh, you know artists who I think are good, but, but it's just like Kid Cudi, Travis Scott type thing. Um, just like very funny to see an older guy uh, react with like such genuine feelings about all of them. I think at no point does the dad who does this, does he ever like look down on this music? He like legitimately just gives all his feelings and he's always like so easily wowed by everything. Um, 
I've never finished a video because they're all like 50 minutes long. But uh, yep. that's something that I don't know if I'd recommend it. I think it's something that like it's one of these weird things where I see a new video comes up. I click on it uh, and I'm not totally sure if I enjoy it, but I it's like an immediate click when I see it. So take that as you will. Nice. Uh, Eric, what have you been up to recently? Uh, so I've been, I've been making that video, but that video no, came out, and now I do. No. Not, and now I have all this time that I did not have before because I was working like several hours every day on that video. It was a lot of effort to do the production for that video. So I've been playing Earthbound again. Man, what a good game! Uh, I haven't really played it since like middle school, but I've been playing it again. Uh, I just got to Foreside, which you melee fans may know mm-hmm. as a location in that game been there um yeah no it's a good game i'm I'm enjoying it it's very funny it's very funny how influential it was to the to the genre of jrpg in the future but yeah that's, that's all i've been up to <laughs> now yes. i have more time i don't know what to do with myself so i'm playing earthbound yeah <laughs> um griff what about yourself um so one fun thing i've been doing uh which we kind of did pre-covid um but has gone uh into the quarantine phase as well um we have like a we try to have it weekly but it usually doesn't work out that way um horror film night Ooh. uh so it started where me squid and combination festival um just like uh midsummer was coming out midsummer by uh, ari aster in like 2019 horror film um and we we're like trying to get people to see it but, like, horror films are, like, kind of... They're not, like, niche. Because, like, you know, they're definitely popular, right? They're, well, there do exist horror films that are popular in, like, the regular conscious. But I don't think a lot of people, like, want to go to them. At least not as common as, like, a lot of other genres. Um, so we ended up watching it, us three, in the theaters. Um, and then we started doing this thing where, like, every week we would go to someone's place and get, like, you know, snacks and drinks and stuff. And we would watch a different horror film um, every week. Um, so pre-COVID, you know, we did that in person, and then once COVID hit, we started doing it like on Discord, like screen sharing and stuff. Um, Illegal, but okay. Actually, not believe it or not, uh, because well, sometimes, but uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime have like these oh like, yeah yeah first party like Chrome extensions that where you like as long as you all have a paid subscription, mm. you can all like sync up and watch the same video at the same time. Um, and you're all doing that each time right every time never been a time no never never ever never ever um but yeah so we've uh seen honestly god i just we just have like a list on discord so i can't like count it but like definitely at least like 30 or 40 horror films that we've seen damn Um, any uh any memorable ones that you want to give a shout out to uh yeah i will say uh older horror films honestly do not hold up from the ones that I've seen. Like I had never seen uh, like Grudge, for example, one of like the classics. Uh, I'm like slightly too young to have seen it like normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and we watched it, and it's just like I don't know. It's, there are certain horror films that like kind of have like CGI effects, and then there's some horror films that have like practical effects, you know. Uh, and the ones unfortunately like cgi just doesn't age very well so like there's a lot of things in like grudge that just like don't look good um and also just like 
we watched Hostel recently, um, which I had I had seen before, 2005. One of the uh, progenitors of uh, like true torture porn, I guess, if you want to use that term. And that movie does not hold up, so do not watch that. Definitely, like, the first 20 minutes, huge amounts of early 2000s jokes that are offensive, homophobia, you know, etc. Um, where that are, like, that are, like, plot points, um, which is, like, sad. Because I, like, you know, obviously that's not, like, the point of the film is, like, those things. The point is to, like, see someone, like, get, like, slashed in half. Um, but, like, watching that, I was like, wow, I enjoyed this film the first time i saw it like 20 years ago so sad that uh some of these things don't uh but i will say um on the topic of ones that i actually did like uh we watched creep and creep 2 which are uh, on netflix so you can actually watch those um are like very surprisingly good i think a lot of times horror films have issues where it's like the Venn diagram of like good filmmakers and good actors who want to be in horror films oftentimes don't really intersect. So like mm-hmm. that, that's not to say it's impossible, but it's kind of like the type of per- person in melee that wants to be the best is not going to pick Ganondorf, for example. So that's not to say that Ganondorf couldn't be really good, but it's like the type of person who's going to like lab things out and like try really, really hard. Most likely is going to pick a top tier for the, for like that reason. They're not going to pick Ganondorf. Making that similar to horror films, I feel like a lot of people who want to make horror films aren't interested in making like an in, like super tight script and like really good cinematography and like really good finding really good actors and stuff. They're just like, how depraved can we be on film legally? Um, <laughs> and uh, but I think like Creep actually in Creep Two just has like really good characters. Like it's Mark Duplass, just, right? Uh, yeah. It's like believable, just like well made, like scary, not because there's like jump scares or whatever, but just because it's like seemingly believable. Um, so I would recommend that as a, a one that I actually did like. Nice. There are a lot of horror films that I that we've seen that I would pass on though, sadly. But I think this might be one of my favorite segments uh, that we've had on this episode or on this segments of this episode. Uh, episodes of the segment. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I think I, I don't know if a lot of people would peg you for someone who uh, is like an avid horror movie watcher. So that's actually super cool. Uh, yeah, I, I think like a lot of the time, you know, we we use this as an opportunity to kind of learn more about someone. And I think this is one time where we truly did. So that's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, if you ever come up with any more horror films, I'd love to uh, to hear from you. If you want to tweet that out, I, you could do so, uh, and people could find that on Twitter at, uh, what is it again? Oh, it is uh, at SSBM underscore face roll. I am extremely afraid of putting uh, of being perceived on the internet, so I'll be honest and probably won't put my horror film selection on there. But for the sake of this podcast, <laughs> and uh, you two as my friends, uh, personally, I would recommend Midsommar and Hereditary as like nice. actually good horror films. Um, both have heard if, extremely good things about but have not gotten around to um, yeah. do Just, you want to be perceived on Twitch do you want to give your Twitch as well or no Uh, I you can I'll say it it's captain underscore face roll I haven't streamed in a really long time though so uh, yeah. uh, you're welcome to look at me there I think I have my like 
freshman year profile picture up there still or something um unless i changed it recently but uh yep um perfect yeah i mean people can people can go check you out on those two platforms uh not perceive you check you out right uh, i don't really know what the line there is but we'll we'll figure it out <laughs> yeah. um and if you wanna you wanna check us out you know uh melee stats you can do so on twitter uh on as melee stats pod you can watch us on twitch twitch.tv slash melee stats if you like to see uh the shows that we do or so many bonus content we have that on youtube melee stats archive our weekly uh articles such as monday morning marth when's melee that's going to be on meleestats.co and if you want to watch the films that we put out you can do so on our YouTube channel, Melee Stats. And the Sinister, I believe that we have a new film that just came out, don't we? We have a quite good one about a, about a certain company that not a whole lot of us like very much. <laughs> so if you are interested in what company that may be and why we potentially do not like them as much as people would imagine, go ahead and check that out. I worked very hard on it. It's very no, good. I've seen it. I think it's. I think it's very amazing. I think that not only uh, did you kill it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying that. Then we're gonna take away from this immediately. I was saying that this is the most uh, collaborative piece that we've put out. Uh, I believe that just the script itself, at the very least, um, it's so fun for me to to watch the video and or to read the script because it feels like it's impossible to tell which. Uh, lines i wrote which ones are uh, ambi wrote and which ones edward wrote i feel like it, it all just kind of fell into this one like mush of uh authorship which ended up turning into uh something that i, I think ended up pretty great um so you can obviously check that out on uh the melee stats youtube channel and if you like all the content that we put out you can support us on patreon.com slash melee stats griffin thank you so much for appearing on this episode you did amazing and uh hopefully the uh the what we see at NA East is going to be just as exciting and uh hospitable <laughs> as uh what you guys were able to do over in NA West. Um so I appreciate you coming on here and I appreciate you guys for watching. Well, obviously one of the most jam-packed weekends of melee that we've ever seen, but check out next week because we are going to be back to talk about NA East. Can't wait. I'll see you guys then. Peace. See you guys. <laughs>